You're listening to the Crossing DE podcast from The Crossing in Milton, Delaware, a community dedicated to developing devoted followers of Jesus. Every good coach knows that from time to time, uh, you need to go back and review the fundamentals, especially if there are new players involved on the team. Uh, During last night's game, I even saw Dusty Baker pull one of his players aside right after he struck out and demonstrated a proper swing pattern. He's in the World Series! And he needed to be reminded not to pull his head. And every good church leader knows from time to time we need to go back and review some basics of the church, especially when there are new church family members involved. Now, coaches or or pastors will do that for several reasons, really. Um, One reason is for evaluation, Oftentimes, there needs to be time of evaluation where we're just considering, are we doing what we should be doing, and how well are we doing it? Other times, it's for alignment. Let's just make sure we're all on the same page and headed in the same direction. And sometimes, it's really just for the communication of it, reminding people who we are and what we're really about. And I want you to know that that's really the purpose of this sermon series uh, that we are starting today for November called This Is Us. This Is Us. Now, in this series today, in the next three Sundays, uh, we are going to march uh, right through, give some great communication about our message, our mission, our model as a church, and consider our methods. And uh, today, uh, along with all those messages, we're going to invite you and encourage you to engage all these. Today, I want to share a message with you called Engage Our Message. Engage Our Message. Do you like leaving a message? On the rare occasion that you would pull out one of these and actually make a phone call, And it goes straight to voicemail. Do do you like leaving a message? Uh, Most of the time, I will actually end the call and uh, text them. And uh, I'll be like, hey, when you get a chance, will you uh, give me a call? I need to ask you a question or I need to give you a heads up or just want to check in. Call me at your convenience. But sometimes when Henri kicks in, I like to have a little fun with the message. For example... Ethan, man, I was really hoping you'd pick up. I just, uh, I have an extra ticket to the World Series game tonight in Philly. And obviously you're unavailable, so uh, never mind this call. I'm going to ask, I'm going to call Steve and see if he can go with me. (laughs) That would be so wrong, right? But feels so good. What is our message? What is the message that you and I ought to be constantly leaving each other and, and our, for our world? What's the message? Today, I, 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 
want to ask that you allow me to share with you, um, I, I want to share with you some descriptions of our message, some things that ought always be true of our message. And then I want to share with you some specific statements that actually make up our message. And then I, I want to boil it down to one simple statement, one simple idea. And so I'm going to give you five, today I'm going to give you five general descriptions that ought to be true of our message all the time, and then five specific statements that make up our message, actually, and then boil it down to one simple statement. And so really today, I'm going to give you two high fives and a number one, all right? Two high fives and a number one. And this is one of those messages that uh, you might want to take notes. Some of you are note takers, and that's a great thing. Some of you aren't note takers, and you'll rebel against the encouragement. But uh, I'm going to bring it down to one thought that I'd let, at least write down one thought at the end. What are the five descriptions that ought to be always true of our message? Uh, the first description is this, good news. The message that we ought to be sharing with each other and to our world needs to be characteristically good news, right? Our Lord's last command to us was go and preach the good news to all the world. Good news. It ought to be good news. We ought to be known for good news. Now, uh, let it be known that the existence of good news necessitates the reality of bad news. And there's bad news. In fact, there's all kinds of bad news out there, isn't there? But our message as the church of Jesus Christ ought to be characteristically good news. That's what we're commanded to share. Good news. The second description that ought to always be true of our message that we communicate is that it is Christ-centered. Amen? Amen. Christ-centered. It centers on Jesus. Our message ought to always be pointing to Jesus. Why? Because he's the answer. Some people don't like it. Why do we keep pointing to Jesus? Well, because he's the answer. He's the Lord and Savior of all. He's the one that offers living water. He's the one that has words to eternal life. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Amen? Amen. Christ-centered. Now, I like referring to Jesus as the senior pastor at the crossing. Now, from time to time, I will introduce myself as the senior minister, but never the senior pastor because that belongs to Jesus. I mean, he's the hero of history. Christ-centered. A third description that ought to always be true of, of our message is that it is Bible-based. Every message that we teach and preach ought to be obviously coming right out of Scripture. Amen? Amen. Bible-based. Uh, our testimony, we'd like to testify that we believe the Bible to be the Word of God and is the final authority for all of our lives in faith and practice. And if you and I are ever reading Scripture and we ever come up against something that contradicts the way we feel or like, we need to assume that we are the ones in the wrong. Amen? 
because this is the word of God. Bible-based. A fourth description that ought always be true is simply this. It is to be personally applied. Personally applied. Uh, I think you ought to take the word of God personally. Take it personal. Because this is the word of God for you. This is the word of God for us. It's his word, his will, his way for us. And we ought to take it personal. Uh, my favorite Old Testament Bible reference is Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8 says, uh, let the words of this book always be on your lips. Meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I love that. But it requires that it's personally applied, personally relevant. It, this is for me, right? Uh, the last description, the fifth description, is that it ought to be intentionally shared. Intentionally shared. This is not a message, a good news message that we hoard for ourselves. We need to be out there with it. In fact, it is our God-given mission. Go! Preach the good news. And friends, I just want to remind you that we get to. We don't got to. We get to share our good news message with a broken and hurting world. Amen? So good news, Jesus-centered, Bible-based, personally applied, and intentionally shared ought to always be true of our message. So, what are the specifics? What are the specific statements that actually make up our message from the crossing? That is a great question, and I want us to glean some help from the Apostle Paul as he shares a message with the people who are living in pagan Athens. It comes from Acts chapter uh, 17. Now, I don't have the words on the screen for you. I just want you to listen to his message, uh, Acts cha chapter 17. And as I read his message to these pagan people at Athens, I want you to see if you can catch the message that probably ought to be our message to our world. Acts chapter 17, after the Apostle Paul spent a lot of time observing the city and getting to know the people, uh, you know, after time of observing, it says, Acts 17 verse 22 says, Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. And I'm pretty sure they took that as a compliment. He didn't mean it as a compliment, but I'm sure they took it as a compliment. I can see that you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at all of your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. To an unknown God. Catch this next sentence. So, people of Athens... You are ignorant of the very things you worship. Now, that's a gutsy preacher right there. You are so ignorant of the things you worship, and this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. 
as all the pagan temples are in the backdrop of this message. And he is not served by human hands as if he needs anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he marked out their appointed times in history and boundaries to their lands. God this did all of this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So, therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made in human design and skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof to this, to everyone by raising him from the dead. I tell you what, when you read that a couple times, you're like, that is such a bold message. That is such a Jesus Christ-centered message. It is such a personal message. That was such a clear message. And I want to use his message to those pagan people to kind of to make some statements that are hinted at in that passage that would be the make up our message at the crossing. What's our message? First of all, reality explained. Reality explained. Our text says, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth. Right? Reality explained. You don't have to wonder, is it really all about from the goo to you by way of the zoo? You don't have to wonder about how in the world did all this happen just by happenstance, like a big bang, a woo. No, reality is explained, and this really is good news. There's a God, and He created all things. And I want you to know, uh, the deepest theology that I know is simply this. There is a God, and you ain't Him. But we are accountable to Him. Reality explained. Our text says, for we all uh, live and move and have our being in Him. Because He created all things. Uh, one of my favorite verses is Romans eleven thirty six. Romans eleven thirty six, 36, you know, says, uh, so uh, from him and through him and for him are all things, so to him be the glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, amen. Amen? amen. Reality explained. A second part of our message um, has to be revelation given. Revelation given. Now, when you think about it, this really is good news. There is a God, and He speaks. There is a God, and He communicates. There is a God, and He revealed Himself to us through His Word and through His Son. 
That means we don't have to wonder what the truth is. We don't have to wonder what he's like. We don't have to wonder what he expects. He tells us right here. Revelation given. Revelation given. The third part of our message, rebellion forgiven. Rebellion forgiven. Your rebellion forgiven. My rebellion forgiven. The text, I love in our text, it says, in the past God overlooked ignorance. You know what the truth is? We all have been ignorant, haven't we? You know what the most ignorant thing that I can think of doing? You know what the most ignorant thing is? Leaving God and choosing our own way. And how many of us have done that? The Bible says all of us have sinned. All of us fall short. All of us have turned away from Him and turned to our own ways. All of us have lived in selfishness. All of us have made a mess of our lives, right? But through the grace of Jesus, a rebellion forgiven. He came to take our place. He came to pay the price. He came to fulfill all righteousness in order that we might have our rebellion forgiven. The fourth aspect of our message is relationship offered. A relationship with Almighty God is offered to us. This is the most amazing aspect of the God story. Our text says, and God did all this so that maybe we would seek Him and perhaps reach out to Him and find Him. Do you realize God's greatest desire is to have a connection, a personal connection with you? God's greatest desire is to have a personal relationship with you. What? The almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God wants to have a personal relationship with us? That ought to blow your mind. And that's our message. That's our message. There's one more element of our message, and that is response provided. And this really is good news. A response has provided. We don't have to wonder, okay, there's a God. I believe He's a God. I believe He loves. How do I respond, right? Well, He tells us. Our text actually keeps it general, and He says, in the past, God overlooked ignorance, but now he commands all men everywhere to repent. Kind of a general term. Do you remember back in Acts chapter 2? On the first time uh, the gospel was shared after the cross, the very first presentation, the apostle Peter is standing up and he's giving the message of the gospel. He's pointing to Jesus. He's telling what Jesus did for him, talking about the death, burial, and resurrection. And the, the passage actually tells us that the audience interrupted him and said, we accept. How do we accept? How do we, how do we take this? What shall we do? You remember that. And the apostle Peter gives them something very specific to chew on. How to respond. Peter says, repent 
and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of all your sin. And you'll receive the gift of his presence in your life, the gift of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to wonder, how do we respond? He tells us. And when you put that together, kind of the nutshell answer uh, of that is, I want to say it this way, uh, the response that Scripture tells us about is turn, unite, and walk. Turn, unite, and walk. First, turn to Him. I know you've turned from Him, living in selfishness. Now turn back to Him. Turn back to Him in trusting, uh, humble, submissive repentance. Turn to Him. And then unite with him. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 6 that when you and I are baptized into Christ, that's when we're united with him. In fact, he explains very clearly that when someone is baptized, that's when they die with Christ, that's when we're buried with Christ, and that's when they're resurrected with Jesus Christ for the rest of eternity, to walk with him for eternity. And there it is, walk with him. And we've been offered a relationship to walk with Jesus every day in this life and every day in the next. And isn't that awesome? And isn't that our message? So through my many years of preaching, I've been trying to find out what's the best way to say all of that? What's the best way to say all of that and kind of keep it simple because not everybody's going to give you a half hour to explain things. What's the best way to say all that? Because when you think about it, you're like, okay, there is a God. You're not him. There's a God that created everything and there's a God who communicates and he speaks and, and this God revealed himself through his word and through Jesus and Jesus is the revelation of God and he loves you like crazy and he just invites you to love him back. Because it really comes down to Jesus saying to each of us, I love you and want a relationship with you. I love you and want a relationship with you. And so in my 35 years of preaching, I've been trying to, what's the best way to say it? Here's where I've landed. And if you're not a note taker, you know, this is the one I want you to write down. Here's where I've landed. What's the best way to say all this? Here's where I've landed. We want everyone enjoying an everyday relationship with Jesus. We want everyone enjoying an everyday relationship with Jesus. That's where I've landed. That's where I've boiled it all down. An everyday relationship with Jesus. So... Here's my challenge. I would love to ask you this week to engage in that phrase. An everyday relationship with Jesus. And this week, I want you to think about that. I want you to spend some noodle time on that. I want you to meditate on that. I want you to critique it. And if you think there's a better way to say it, let me know. Change my mind. But here's what I know. That's what I want for me, an everyday relationship with Jesus. And that's what I want for you, an everyday relationship with Jesus. And that's what I want for everyone I know, an everyday relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Pray with me.
Lord, I am so grateful for the good news. Thank you for revealing to us who you are and what you expect and how to respond. Uh, Lord, it blows our mind that you are so all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, and your greatest desire is to walk with us, to do life with us. That blows our minds. I pray this week, Lord, that you would empower us as we engage this phrase, an everyday relationship with you. May it be so true of what we want the most in our own lives and what we so want with everyone we know. Empower us through your word and by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe. For more information about The Crossing, visit thecrossingde.com or download the mobile app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Music for today's podcast is from artist Sounds Like Sander under license from soundstripe.com.